Hey there, friends. I'm Lee McCormick. Welcome to Tramps Like Us, a Bruce Springsteen podcast, episode 138, Lucky Town, album review, part one. Thanks, as always, for listening and downloading the show from the website, TrampsLikeUsPod.com, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever else you found the show. Stay in touch with us at our Facebook group page, Tramps Like Us, a Bruce Springsteen podcast. I hope you checked out the previous two episodes, the first and second part in our series of four, focusing on Springsteen's ninth and tenth albums, both released back in March 1992, Human Touch and Lucky Town. Singer-songwriter and good buddy David Newbold is here again on this episode to talk with us about Lucky Town. We're going to give you a general overview of the album and then dig into it track by track on side one. Side two will follow next episode. Bruce and the E Street Band just completed the first leg of their 2023 tour, the last night being April 14th in Newark, New Jersey. When this episode is released, they should be a few weeks into the second leg over there in Europe. Anyways, the New Jersey show was special not only because it was the last show of the first leg, not only because it was a hometown show, but he opened up with a song off Lucky Town, appropriately, Local Hero. I'm so glad to be back in my home state With my people True story I want to tell you. Oh, but first, I think we need to hear the horns. Just kinda killing time. I seen a face staring out of the black velvet painting from the window of the five and nine. I couldn't quite recall a name, but the pose looked familiar to me. I asked the sales girl who was that man between the Doberman and Bruce Lee. She said, just a local hero, local hero, she said with a smile, he's just a local hero, he used to live here for a while. He said, son, your soul could be saved It's beautiful women, not so low living And some dangerous money to be made There's a big town cross a whiskey line And they turn the right cards up Well, they make us boss, the devil pays off And the folks that are real hard up 
just the right style They get their local hero Somebody with just the right smile That's right, Steve Well, I learned my job and I learned it well Fit myself with religion and a story they tell First they made me king and they made me pope Then they brought the Gypsy girl saying drink this My hands had lost all sensation These days I'm feeling alright But I can't tell my courage from my desperation From the tainted chalice Well I drunk some heady wine Tonight I'm laying here But there's something in my ear Since there's a little time just beneath the blood line He's a local hero Somebody with just the right smile They need a local hero Somebody with just the right style They need a local hero Somebody with just the right smile I lived in New Jersey for a very long time and I kind of written about a lot of things that had a lot to do very tied into my past, my past, my past, always, you know, there's something that old, you know, some sort of, a lot of ghosts, different ghosts are chasing, you know, and I felt like whatever they were, that was, that was, that was done, you know, that was basically done for me, you know, I had uh, I'd kind of taken that as far as, it, as, as I could. And I was interested in, in just kind of making a bit of a break, both sort of with whatever people's perceptions of me were up to that point. And uh, just in my own life, I was interested in kind of putting some distance between me and, and not New Jersey, the state, but, <laughs> but sort of part of uh, uh, whatever that kind of whatever that uh, some part of that meant for me inside and you know los angeles is a good place to do that you know it was really we came out and we got, we got a really beautiful house and and uh, uh patty and i got together and the babies you know and and uh and it was just a good place to you have a lot you have actually a lot of anonymity you know a lot of anonymity people always came west to kind of to refine themselves or to recreate themselves in some fashion. This is the town of recreation. Very often, mostly in some distorted way, you know. But it's it's the raw material. It's just what you make it. All right, here we go. So David is back. How you doing, man? Oh, still good, thanks. Still good. We did yeah. Human Touch last time. So yep. now we're going to look at the other album that came out on that same day, March 31st, 1992, which was uh, Lucky Town. Yeah. All right. Uh, so... 
So as he's completing Human Touch, he writes Living Proof, right, this song, and it sends him down this other creative path, right? He writes an entire other album in three weeks, right? He Mm -hmm. sets up the home studio, records a bunch of demos and bed tracks, and this has got a different vibe than Human Touch. These songs are more introspective, more autobiographical, of course, being spawned by Living Proof, the birth of his first son, right? He's got a different band on this. It's pretty much himself and a drummer, Gary Malabar. Who Gary played Malibar. with? Uh, I think he played with Steve Miller Band. He was with uh, Eddie Money, Greg Kinn. Uh, he's like a session guy. He plays keyboards too, but he's like an LA session guy. Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, Lucky Town, his tenth studio album. Like we said, Human Touch with, was the ninth. Uh, this one focusing on his life now, the present, not the past or the future. Right, newfound love, marriage, parenthood. Right, and you can hear that in the lyrics. Right, this new lifestyle and the new band. Right, themes mm. of uh, second chances. Right, enjoying the moment, uh, like better days. Right, enjoying your glory days, not looking back on them. Like enjoying the stuff as it's mm-hmm. happening. Right, similar mm-hmm. recording process as Human Touch with, with, uh, with Bruce playing more on this album than the additional musicians on uh, Human Touch. So mm-hmm. it's more of a concise sound, I think, to this record. Uh, very positive vibe on the album. Happy songs. You know, sunny California kind of vibe. He's embracing the joy of adulthood or parenthood, love, family kind of thing, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, if we look at the album cover here, you know, it's a similar as Human Touch. It's got the same font, right? That red text, uh, bold. Uh, it's like the companion album, so it needs mm-hmm. to look the same. Uh, David Rose did the photograph on the front. We have an, an unshaven Bruce. He's in wearing cool shades. Cool picture of him. Yeah, he yeah. looks cool, right? He's got shades, black jeans. He's got yeah. like, this beige shirt. It's open. He's got these uh, cool chains around his neck. Right? Yeah. Medallion. <laughs> he's got his hands in his pocket, right? He's got like a like a half grin going, you know. He's looking looking cool. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right. And he's standing against this kind of like uh, this brick wall mural. mural. Yeah, like this kind yeah. of like uh what do they call that? Like uh like the southwest kind of vibe. Mm-hmm. Totally. Yeah, like desert. Yeah, desert uh, scene. Yeah. yeah. You turn the record over, it's got the song titles there, and it's got more of that brick wall uh kind of painting of like a desert scene cactuses and stuff like that once again looks like he's on a little break uh, like on a on a, one of his desert motorbike rides like he stopped at this little place yeah yeah a little, someone uh, took a picture of him that's kind of what it looks yeah, like getting a, getting a shot of tequila kind of thing right? yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> same production team as the last record with uh, bruce john lando chuck plotkin and additional production with roy bitten recorded by toby scott was the engineer mixed by bob clear mountain uh, mastered by Bob Ludwig. So yeah, general thoughts on this record for me was uh, just basically I like it a little bit more than Human Touch. Obviously, it's a companion record. They both came out on the same day. I listened to this record directly after I listened to Human Touch, so it felt like a big double album, mm-hmm. right? Like back mm-hmm. then, it didn't really feel like I was getting two separate albums. Like maybe right. maybe six months apart would have done you know some good on these records so I could digest them each as separate pieces of work but obviously he had a, a reason for releasing them on the same day or right to kind of, you know, just put it all out there. But, uh, you know, in hindsight over the years, I've kind of leaned towards lucky town as a uh, more of a fave of the two. I feel like he put it, put like, I feel like he put, spent all that work on human touch and he probably felt, or his team must've felt like, well, we got to put this out cause we spent like millions of dollars and, you know, almost a year on it. And then he's probably like, well, we're not putting that out unless we put this out too, because this is the one that I'm feeling now. Yeah. So, and, and, and Guns N' Roses just did it. So fuck it. Let's put them both out. Probably. Right. Yeah. I, I don't know. <laughs> uh, 
I feel this one, see, this, like, I know most Bruce fans feel differently about this, and, you know, which is fine. But, uh, it, this one just feels flatter to me, especially side one. Like, side two, I like quite a bit. Side one, these, again, it's the thing where, like, I just can't stand when you build a track and then put the drummer in under the track. And, I mean, Gal- Gary Malibu is a great drummer, but I just, these songs just sound really kind of limp, especially the ones that are kind of supposed to rock. The backup singers drive me nuts. <laughs> it was like the first of the first five songs, four of them to me are virtually the same song with the same parts and the same sounds. And it gets stale quick. I totally disagree with what you just said. So this will make for some interesting <laughs> conversation when we get going here. Because cool. <laughs> I feel cool. the total opposite of side <laughs> one. I think side one is amazing on this record. <laughs> oh, really? Okay, oh, yeah. nice. Uh, um, oh, I was going to say, that said, I do, you know, I, it's definitely more focused. You know, I can appreciate that. It's more concise. You can tell they all sort of came from the same place as opposed to a sprawl. Like the first album's kind of a sprawl. Um you know, his voice sounds good. It's a, you know, in some ways it's a little raw sounding. The guitars definitely sound more like Bruce, like his Stones ear kind of guitars. Um, so, and, and, uh, you know, I like side two quite a bit and, and I do like some of the songs on side one. I mean, we'll get to them one by one. I think if I should fall behind is a classic Bruce song. I mean, it's a beautifully written song. Yeah. I, I much, I, I really love the version he did on the reunion tour with all the band i thought that really took it up to another level but um i don't know let's get into it song by song let's uh, put the cd uh-huh. in the, that cd i have the same cd that i uh bought there on that that you bought day. then yeah very and, cool <laughs> i also have the vinyl too i got the uh, i got the record when he put it out in that uh the album collection there a box set of his kind of 90s releases yeah so that was cool because it came with a couple of records like yeah you couldn't find human touch and lucky town on vinyl until about five years ago those were right. so hard to find so it was it was really cool to get those on on uh the records of those you know so and like yeah. i said uh in the previous episode it, it was nice that you know it was 10 songs and not 14 songs and it had that kind of side one side two feel to an album yep. that human yep. touch doesn't have and when you I get agree. into like Four sides, it doesn't have that tight kind of record side one, side two feel, right? So all these songs were recorded within five months, recorded September 91 to January 92, in contrast to the uh, the 19 months it took them to record Human Touch, right? So we was really in a zone here. Uh, the first track on side one, first track on the CD, we got uh, Bruce on vocals and guitar, we got... Uh, Gary Malibu on drums. We have Randy Jackson on bass. This is the only song he played bass on for this whole album. Mm-hmm. And we have the trio of background singers, uh, Lisa Lowell, Patty Scalfa, Susie Tyrell. This is uh, Better Days.
single was released March 21st, 1992. So yes, it was released the same, same day, day as Human Touch. He released the record on the same two records on the same day, which were the 31st, and two singles on the same day, March 21st, ten days previously, which was right. awesome. Right. So uh, autobiographical lyrics on this one, second chance song. He's not deterred by failed love. He's ready to jump back in and succeed. Right, he's tired of waiting for tomorrow. He, what is that line? He's got he's got a pretty red rose woman he can call a friend, uh, mm-hmm. kind of thing. Right, he's, he's carving lucky charms out of hard luck bones. I like that line. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, there's a line to him: "Halfway to heaven and just a mile out of hell." Out of hell. Yeah, that's a good line. You know, he says it's about him becoming a new man with Patty by his side. I read that in the uh, that songs book he put out there. Yeah. Uh, but who's playing organ on the song? Right, there's no organ credit, but there's definitely an organ on the track. I guess it's Bruce. Like, there's a credit on the record that says all instruments, Bruce Springsteen, and then it lists kind of alternate musicians. Except as we're track. noted. Yeah. And we're noted. So I assume yeah. that's Bruce playing organ, but it's pretty good. I don't know. If, I, didn't, I didn't expect him to play some organ like that, but it's, it's pretty cool. You know, recognizing your good days as they happen. Yeah, cool live video for this, showing Bruce um, playing live in a, in a studio, I guess. Kind of a live setting. And you see yes. Randy Jackson on bass there. Uh, I don't know who's on drums. Maybe it's Gary. Maybe not. It's not the live band, though. It's not the live band that he, he would took play on tour. With. Yeah, I guess he hadn't formed them yet. Yeah. But it's a cool video interspersed with like home video footage of them around the studio and like motorcycles and stuff. Bruce and it was a different version, right? Like I, I remember that being like louder guitars and. Oh, was it? I'm I not sure I l- about that. Maybe it's a live version in there. I don't know. Maybe yeah. I'll have to check that out. So maybe well, it's a I'll different ha- mix have- on the video. Yeah, I think it's. I mean, I. I didn't. I'll have to double check, or we could double check. But I feel like I feel like it was a live in studio version. I remember it being raw, or, or maybe it was just a mix. But I remember like I really liked the way the song sounded in the video. Oh yeah, more than I liked the way it sounded. On, yeah. And I know you said you didn't like the, the female singers, but I, I like it. I think Bruce's vocal is tremendous, and, it's, and I think it sounds great with the three female voices. It gives it that gospel vibe that creeps in on a few songs in this album. Well, I like them on on uh, sort of this song. My complaint with them is that on all these songs, it's the same. It's like he told them, you know, okay, sing the title of the song with me. And then the next lines go, whoo. And <laughs> it's just kind of after a while, it's like, I can't have heard this. Yeah, I hear you. I hear you. Uh, but, uh, yeah, no, this is, I mean, the thing about this song, the thing that's kind of always bugged me about this song and I'm not sure if it contradicts anything I said about the songs on Human Touch. I don't know, but um, you know, I like <laughs> the thing. I the thing. I one of the things I love about his writing is the turmoil in in all the characters in the song. You know, even like Hungry Heart, there's like turmoil. Like there's this thing. Even when it's a happy sounding, and this song is just so happy that it's it's, it's, yeah, just, it's an anomaly in his catalog for sure. He doesn't have too many like super positive everything's going great songs, you know. <laughs> yeah, and they just don't connect with me the same way. Yeah, there's no third so, verse twist where a guy gets shot or something like that. Right. <laughs> right, he's not suddenly looking at like how he'd let her down and yeah. you know, he's now revealing that he he let her down and and you know, she cries herself to sleep at found, night or something like that. <laughs> yeah, or like she's found a way to forgive him, but he can't forgive himself. But yeah, he's yeah. just gonna try to skate on past it or something like that. Like, it just kind of. So well, he's doing uh, good, man. He's healthy. He's got a new wife. He's um, he's making babies. He's he's yeah. I'm happy for the guy than he's ever been in his life. Probably living in Malibu, right, with all these rich celebrity friends now. Getting invited and it to all comes the big out parties. With a cool, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> right. Yeah. 
Yeah, didn't he say he, he felt he moved because he had he felt starting to feel like Santa Claus in the North Pole back in Jersey. So he felt he had to move out to L.A. Right, yeah. But then he moved back. But no, you know, it starts with the, the snare and the guitars come in and like the drop D and it's, you know, it's cool sound. Um, yeah, the drop so, D. Yeah. Have you seen that thing where uh, Steve Earle does it, where you, you take a capo and you uh, you just put it over the, the five strings and you leave the bottom E string? Leave the bottom one open, open yeah. yeah. So you play like a, it would be in the key of E, but you would play like a D chord and that bottom right. string would ring like a drop D tuning. Is that, that kind of this one or is this one? Well, I don't indie? know what yeah. key it is. That's just, you yeah. know, that's kind of a, a yeah. trick way to do drop D tuning. Yeah. But, uh, so overall, this song, uh, I'm, I'm good with it, but I, it's not my favorite, but, you know, I respect it. I respect this song. That's, that's what I can say about this song. I respect this song. All right. Next up, we got. <laughs> <laughs> like next anyone up... cares. <laughs> <laughs> oh, we care. David respects yeah. it, man. Uh, Next up, we got the title track, which features just Bruce and Gary. Gary on drums, Bruce on everything else. Lucky Town. Yeah. this one better um i think it's a cooler song i like the chorus better i like the chords um i like the harmonies he puts on it um and um yeah i like i like it's a good song this one's up there yeah this was a single released uh march 29th 93 or no was it 93 yeah maybe march 29 march 29th 93 europe only i guess it was the live in concert unplugged version maybe uh, they released it as a single? I don't know. It, I'm, I'm not sure. But it, yeah, it came out in Europe anyway. Europe it was released as a single. Uh, mm. I like that guitar lick off the top, right? With uh, the um, the low notes and everything like that. That kind of mm-hmm. Springsteen on the, that reverby uh, Telecaster, right? This song yeah. is possibly inspired by his California motorcycle trips. You know, I, I feel that freedom vibe. It's kind of like a motorcycle kind of vibe, right? The mm-hmm. house got too crowded. The clothes got too tight. Right, this guy's got to bust out. Right, he's got to head to Lucky Town where he found his girl. Right, you got where you got to make your own luck. Right, that's the the, re, the third verse reveal in this is like, uh, you know, as good as things are, you got to make your own luck. It's not just given to you. Right, lots of great guitar on this. Uh, the Bruce Harmony vocal is great. You know, subsequent versions with the E Street Band have been phenomenal. This is like one of those songs that's like made for the E Street Band. Uh, okay. I'm- I'm going to jump in here. Like, I agree with that, but not only is it made for the E Street Band, it's, it's made for just a band to play as a band, which is one thing about some of these songs that just pisses me off. Yeah, where that, it's just two guys and it's just, like, done in the studio. Like, if this was, a like, a four-piece band, we cutting it live, it would have a different feel and a different thing. You know? Yeah, like, clearly, you know, it's a rock, it's a rock and roll song. and It needs, like, Steven Van Zandt on backgrounds. It needs, like... 
a sax solo at the on the outro, you know, something like that. I don't know. Yeah, or even the, this, you know, I, I, like I again, I think he was playing to the demo, Gary the drummer, Gary Malibur, and I mean, it just needs some human tempo. Maybe it speeds up a bit in the chorus, right, you yeah. know, it comes down, and just maybe there's a bit of breathing, and it just, it just is sterile, you know, it just like. Yeah, a, yeah know, the production, the recording's too slick. Yeah. My guitar here. I love those chords. The chord yes. progression you said there. The descending, yeah. Yeah, the E minor. Uh, it's like, uh, well, it's in it's in G minor, but he plays it like the formation is like the the G C capo on the G, third C, D E minor, which is like four of my favorite chords. Like Steve Earle does that. So if you put the, <laughs> if you put the capo on the third fret, and you yeah. play like E minor, the. Uh, 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 so the. I'm going down. Yeah. Yeah, it's good chords. Yeah, good chords, man. I love yeah. the, the uh, relative minor there with the G to the E minor. Yeah, and the kind of like, I like the sort of late, you know, baby down, I look at how, oh, you yeah. know, like, it's, just the it's way he just kind of like with, slides can, into it. Yeah. yeah. But I hear Stephen Van Zandt singing the Bee Gees on this, you know. You oh, yeah. It. You got to yeah. have it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, there was, a, yeah, there was, uh, I, I think there was a, I think it was this song, a, a really good version that he had like officially released on the. I don't know. Remember like the tour? I think it was the Tom Morello tour. Twenty thirteen. They, 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 there's a good version from twenty thirteen in Europe. We was doing the song. Uh, I've heard. I, have, I think I have it on one of those uh, Nugs releases. Yes. Okay. Yeah. But I remember they released a bunch of them on the website with the videos, and they were mixed. I, I think Clear Mountain mixed them, and and uh, it was either this song or Local Hero, or maybe both. Um, it sounded great, like with the band. Yeah. Yeah. Speaking of <laughs> speaking of local hero, that one's up next. We got Bruce yeah. on vocals, guitar, harmonica, and bass. Bruce on the bass on this one. Well, I guess Bruce is on bass on the whole album, right? There's not really mm. a, a bass player except for Randy Jackson on the first track, Better Days. We have uh, Lisa, Patty, and Susie on the backing vocals, and uh, Gary on the drums. Local hero. I was driving Obviously, an autobiographical song, right? <laughs> More of an authentic, classic-sounding Bruce song, and this is kind of a true story where Bruce was driving around in Freehold, his hometown, and he sees in the store window like uh, 
like a stylized poster. Like I don't know if it was like a black velvet Elvis, but it was kind of that thing. And it was mm. a photo of like uh, like Bruce Lee like doing a karate kick on like a, <laughs> a photo of himself, like a like an, <laughs> yeah. like an art artistic rendering of Bruce Lee kicking Springsteen. <laughs> so he goes into this store. And he asked the clerk, he's like, he's like, who's that? And then she replied, just a local hero. Right. Right. <laughs> so those four words, just a local hero, inspired this song, right? He goes home and he writes this song, giving an ironic look at being a hometown hero. Right? Mm-hmm. There's that long, I can't tell my courage from my desperation. Right. And there's that line, uh, they made me king, they made me pope. Then they brought me the rope, right? Like they'll build you up, <laughs> then they'll cut you right down, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Bruce said in his uh, that book, this in the songs book, he said uh, it's an ironic look at the slings and arrows of outrageous fortune, right? Mm-hmm. He's kind of like taking the piss out of himself, being this uh, you know legendary rock star, but he's just a local hero in uh, Freehold, New Jersey, right? Uh, musically, mm-hmm. I like the cool layering of the instruments off the top, the drums, acoustic, and the harmonica. And then later the bass comes in, and then more guitars layer in as we go through the, uh, the uh, verses and the choruses there. But the snare sound sucks, right? Uh, <laughs> yeah. The, the gospel yeah. feel on the background vocals Flat. are like. Do you? Yeah, see, this is the one. Now we're like the third song in the row. It's essentially the same tempo, same beat, same groove, same backup vocal parts. And, you know, maybe if they flip the order of these songs, it's like each one I sort of like less. Because <laughs> it's like the compounded Yeah, but like I said, that's why I love it, though. I love it because it's, like, it's, it's like fucking three bangers in a row. It's like, wow, keep it going, man. <laughs> well, okay, but to me, they kind of fall flat in terms of sonically and vibe-wise. Like, they could be better, sort of, had they been a little more alive. So I kind of get what you're saying. I agree with that, yeah. Um, but uh, When I look at I both know. of these albums, when I look at Human Touch and Lucky Town, and when I look for the top five songs on both records i could pick just the side you know like (laughs) oh right yeah (laughs) yeah but yeah i do like that lyrically he's talking about something like that i mean it's a different it's different than what he's sung about in the past because it's it's the first time he's really at that uh well i don't know if it's the first time but i mean it's you know now he's like a superstar and he's he's kind of like this societal you know figure and Putting it in perspective, and the line like you say about can't tell his courage from his desperation, and uh, you know just being able to look at himself from that outside perspective, and uh, you know I I appreciate that about it. Um, so I, it's just kind of vibe-wise, it just it just doesn't do it for me in the way that I, it seems to for you. Yeah. It just uh, I just love the sentiment. Flat, I love the uh, flat's the word. Flat, I think yeah. it's I think it's very I, uh very rolling. It's very rolling. Very rocky, very rolling. <laughs> I love the lyrics, I love the little uh poking fun at himself. It's pretty funny. Did you see recently that he did the last <laughs> show, the recent tour, the twenty twenty three tour? They just completed the first leg of that tour, right? The last show was in New Jersey yeah. until he going to Europe in a week or so. And they opened the night with a uh, local hero. Is that right? Yeah. That's right. I did read that they did it. I didn't I don't think I realized they opened it. That's yeah, every cool. show's been opening with no surrender, although he right. opened uh might have been Colorado, he did or Denver, he did a uh, night. And this oh. was the only other time to- other the only other show he didn't open with no surrender was uh New Jersey. He did Local Hero. Man, he's so Yeah, he's so good at um I remember uh the 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 first show he did after the uh after the Iraq war started. It was in Austin, 
and it was a makeup date because he had he was supposed to play there the year before, but Clarence they had to cancel at the last seconds. Clarence was having eye surgery, so the makeup date rolls around, and and uh, so I had tickets. I still had my ticket from the. That's why I lived down there. Yeah. And and Bush had just invaded Iraq, and he comes out with uh, war, into no surrender, and it was just so powerful. Oh. Like he, he didn't say anything about it. He just comes out, and he's and and it's just God. That just the the power of it was just so strong and uh, he's just really good at, at just throwing a curveball with the opening song to fit you know this isn't as a heavy a thing but just cool that he would come out and just hit you with this no one would expect that and and uh, just create a create a he's just good at creating a, a a statement for the night right out of the first song individual like he always says he likes each of his shows to be a, a sense of occasion so that's cool that in jersey he would come out start with that i like that yeah, yeah. man the music is more powerful than if he would have said something, you know? Yeah, yeah. All right, moving on to the fourth song on the record. Once again, just the two of them, Gary and Bruce. Gary mm -hmm. on drums, Bruce on everything else. If I Should Fall Behind. We said we'd walk together Baby, come what may there come the twilight Should we lose our way If as we're walking A hand should slip free I'll wait for you Should I fall behind Wait for me We swore we'd travel Darling, side by side We'd help each other Stay in stride But each lover's steps fall So differently But I'll wait for you And if I should fall behind Wait for me great song one of his uh, definitely strongest songs of the sort of uh, post heyday era let's call it for lack of a better term you know you sort of you look at the 70s and through born in the usa 70s and, and 80s and, yeah uh, you know just sort of like the second half of his career let's say even yeah. if mathematically it's not anymore but um uh great song um like i said earlier i i, I prefer the I, I like what he did with it later on. It, this, this version of it's a little sterile, and not even because of the sounds. It's just sort of there's more in this song, and I think he found that too. But I love the vocal performance. Um, you know, it's a really nice sentiment. It's, of course, it's a song that's been sung at so many different weddings, and I mean, it's a it's a deep song, and it's beautiful. And he's singing it to his presumably the sentiment is to, to his wife, Patty, and. And um, and uh, it's it's great, you know, good song. Yeah, this was a single that came out October twelfth, ninety two. Uh, one of his best love songs, you know. I mm -hmm. like you said, I prefer the live in New York City version as well. Uh, you know, I don't like Bruce's vocal on this. He's very nasally the way he's singing. As well, it's way too fast. I think like if you it listen, is too fast. You listen I agree. To the live in New York City version, it's got to be yeah. half the tempo, and it, it really uh, gives Bruce more space to sing in there. You know, so this is just too fast. Like, and I'm, I rarely listen to this version. So when I put it on, totally. I was just like, "Wow, that's really fast." You know, 
Yeah, but, and I do like the understated vocal, but um, I, I much prefer all the nuances that he found in it later and slowing it down and just giving it more room to breathe, you know? Yeah, the, the dedication of love like we've had before on uh, these last couple records. You know, th- like you said, th- this would be a good wedding song. And it's also a song of friendship, which was proved during that 99-2000 tour mm-hmm. with the E Street Band, the reunion tour, where this song closed the show, right? They closed every encore with this slow, kind of touching song, which turned into a song about friendship, rededication to the band, to the fans. It was just a beautiful moment, the way Bruce traded off verses and let the each band member come up and have a moment mm-hmm. there. Mm-hmm. There's that one verse, there's that third verse twist kind of thing, mm-hmm. right? Where he talks about, um, uh, where's the lyrics? Where he talks about the beautiful river in the valley. Of hate. Yeah. Uh, Should we lose each other in the shadow of the evening trees? I'll wait for you. Like he's talking about um, some turmoil in the world. And I think that has to do with, uh, you know, he's in LA and during the, uh, the Rodney King LA riots that happened, right? When the Rodney King thing happened, he was doing some writing right in 91 so i think that inspired maybe some of that third verse thing to uh heal each other looking for bringing people closer together must have influenced that um you know referring to empathy compassion tolerance healing the world you know let's make our steps clear so the other may see when they were rehearsing the live band when he put the band together for the 92 tour they were rehearsing i guess it would have been when the album came out around march april and that's when the verdict came out for the Rodney King trial, when those cops mm-hmm. were acquitted. And that's when the whole L.A. like riot thing happened. And he talks about how he was really affected by uh, by that and being so close to it, you know, on the streets of L.A. rehearsing when that was all going down. Mm-hmm. Initially, it was a funny sort of thing. It was that, that particular afternoon in Los Angeles was, was an afternoon I think the people were really frightened. It was, it was the day when all the invisible walls that could put up L.A. ends up actually it's a very segregated city and all the invisible walls that you put up start to fall and you can feel them starting to melt away and come down and come down and people really got very frightened you know there were uh, uh, this is actually this is i mean you can go five blocks that way and you'll see you'll see burned out buildings you know um you know it was it was it was a very it was just a powerful thing and you know, we felt pretty helpless you know, I felt angry and helpless, and and uh, but not, I can't say surprised. You know, I think that if if people you know, a couple of years ago when Do the Right Thing came out, there were newspaper articles reviewing the movie, afraid the movie was going to incite riots in the cities. Well, if they think a movie is going to incite riots, obviously there is cause to riot. <laughs> you know, and. Uh, it was just, you know, I think it was just a matter. It was just a matter of time. I think if you've watched the political situation in the states, see people are disgusted with the whole two-party system at the moment. You know, there's nobody that anybody likes, and I think people have lost their faith that government can tackle those problems. And it's hard to see if people themselves have the will, uh, you know, to sustain the type of effort that would that might give people a fighting chance at having. You know, just stay the small respects, not nothing, just the small respects that, you know, le- leading a decent life, you know. And it's tough, you know, it's like, you know, it's sort of like, hey, I have a nice house, and I live in, you know, a great part of town, and I've made a lot of money, and I think you feel frustrated, and, and you feel, 
you know, I think of the days after the riots, you know, you, everybody felt very kind of, yeah, you got military helicopters wasn't 30 feet over your, you know, over your backyard every 10 or 15 minutes. Uh, uh, I don't know. You know, I don't, I have, I have no idea, you know, but it was, uh, it was not, you know, it wasn't a surprise and, and I don't know where it's, you know, it's going to lead actually. Yeah, last thing to note on this song is that there's a great cover by Dion. I don't know if you've heard that one, but he, he did no, it I haven't. on one of his early 90s records, and it's great. It's like really kind of doo-wop with a lot of great vocals, so uh, I almost prefer that to the Springsteen version. So, uh, yeah, you got to check that one out. Really cool. We said we'd walk together Baby, come with me That come the twilight Should we lose our way If as we were walking Hands should slip free I'll wait for you Should I fall behind Wait for me that we would travel Darling, side by side And we'd help each other To stay in stride But each lover's step far So differently Girl, I'll wait for you if I should fall behind, wait for me Now everyone dreams of a love lasting and true But you and I know what this world can do So let's make our steps clear that the other may see Girl, I wait for you If I should fall behind Wait for me Now there's a beautiful river In the valley ahead There need the oaks bound Soon we will should we lose each other in the shadow of the evening tree? Girl, I wait for you. If I should fall behind, wait for me. And girl, I wait for you. If I should fall behind, wait for me. songs is if i should fall behind can you tell us about the how that you, you came to write that what, what started mm. it off i was in a chinese restaurant and um 
I don't know. Just came to me. It's <laughs> got such a feel about it, that thing. Such a special song. And, and there you go while I'm running in a Chinese restaurant. It doesn't necessarily make any sense, you know. It's uh, All I remember that that was... I was sitting there, I think I was with Patty and some friends of ours, and I leaned over and said, if I should want me. <laughs> and I said, that's a song title. And uh, I think I went home and I wrote, you know, I, I had some ideas for it, but I guess it's about relationships in general, you know. It, it came pretty fast. I didn't really struggle over it or anything. It seemed to be kind of there waiting, you know, one of those songs that are sitting there waiting to be written. God, just, just when you were reciting some of those lines, I got chills and like, there's a few moments on both these albums where he suddenly taps into the thing that makes him really great, the layers and it just the, the, the vastness of the emotions in his writing at its best. And, uh, yeah, that, that was, that's cool. It's, <laughs> that's heavy stuff, man. It's heavy stuff. And yeah, even when, when they were doing it live and when they're, when the all members of the band are singing those lines back and forth to each other, oh, mm-hmm. it's heavy, man. Yeah. So good. Yeah. So good. And every night, I mean, I, I was at five shows on that tour, but I mean, when you hear bootlegs and just, you can just tell every night they all, because, you know, it was like their one line to sing, I guess, each night, or their one phrase or verse, but they, they really, you could see that it was a special moment. I feel like it was a special moment every time, that song on that tour. Absolutely. Yeah. You know. Yeah. All right, moving on to the last song on side one of this record. This is uh, Bruce on vocals, guitar, and bass, Roy Bitten on keyboards. Lisa Lowell, Patty Scalfa, Susie Tyrell on backing vocals, Gary Malabar on drums, Leap of Faith. So this was a single released October 12th, 1992. Another second chance at love song. Bruce calls it uh, a humorous glimpse at love and resilience. Right, This guy has failed at love before, but he knows that he has to jump back in with the new girl to uh, you know, reap the reward, to get that true fulfillment. Right, There's a lot of good mm-hmm. of, uh, Catholic sexual imagery in this. Legs were heaven. Your breasts were the altar. Your body was the holy land, right? You were the Red Sea and I was Moses. I kissed you and slipped into a bed of roses. Right? <laughs> In your love, I'm born again. I dig this one. Uh, three girls on the backgrounds sound really good. A crazy long fade out. I don't know if you noticed that. I made note. Uh, it's almost a minute. like From like the two and a half minute mark to the three and a half minute mark is almost the fade. Crazy. Yeah. yeah, I guess I guess it was the opposite problem of human touch where they had to fill space. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. No, I don't like this song no, at eh? all. No. <laughs> I just find it so boring. And again, by this point, this is like the fourth version of the same song to me. But the lyrics are a little more just stereotypical of, you know, him resting on some of the turns of phrase that he uses so often and it just it just feels like he wrote it in 15 minutes and, and that they, again girls i'm gonna sing the title sing it with me and then go Ooh. 
like, I just and it's flat. You know, live it's cooler. I've, I've heard. I, I think like live even on that tour, it's it's better with the band. But uh, that just doesn't do it for me. No, I don't know. No. No. I love the guitar chords in this one as well. It's a nice progression. I like here. the Keithy, like yeah, like the. So this is the, uh, this is in. It's like E. It's uh, this is it's like F sharp. It's capo at second fret. So it. So that last tag there, where he goes from... That descending, uh, yeah. Right? In your heart, you must trust. It's almost like he goes from a D to a A with an E on the bottom. But it's also right. a F sharp minor seventh. Yeah. Right? In your heart, you must trust. Takes a leap of faith. <laughs> 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 yeah, I like that. I, 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 every time I listen to it, I think I do like that one descending chord kind of yeah. that you're talking about. And I like the 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 the, the Keith style hammer off like sus chords in the verse. But again, just kind of sterile. I, I just he's better. That's all. Yeah, he does that thing with the uh, on the verse where it's like uh, uh, all over the world, all the rain. That's the key, yeah. right? Yeah, yeah. That's cool. Again, like if say if that song had been second, I can look like, like this and local hero to me are I mean the, the, the subject matter wise they're different, but I mean yeah. they're the exact same song to me other than that. And it just I've just if they flipped them, I'd probably like this one a little better than Local hero. Yeah, <laughs> I can, I can see like, that. I can, like, I can see that, yeah. but I get too much enjoyment to uh, to care. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. We said we walked together, baby. Come what may, in that come the twilight. Should we lose our way? Well, if as we're walking, a hand should slip away, well, I'll wait for you. And should I fall behind, wait for me. We swore we'd travel Darling, side by side We'd help each other Stays right But each lover steps forward Differently I'll wait for you should I fall behind? Wait for me. Yeah. 
Well, that was side one of Bruce's 10th album, Lucky Town. Stay tuned for side two, episode coming soon. Thanks to you for listening, and we'll talk with you next time. So, that's the show, folks. Thanks for listening. You can find us on our website at TrampsLikeUsPod.com. Communicate with us on Facebook at our Tramps Like Us podcast group page. Tramps Like Us podcast is a nonprofit audio fanzine created by fans for fans and is available for free. We are not affiliated with Bruce Springsteen or Columbia Sony Records. If you've heard any music you like, please find it and purchase it from BruceSpringsteen.net, Amazon, your local record store, or wherever music is sold. As always, gratitude and respect to Bruce Springsteen and all past and current members of the heart-stopping, pants-dropping, hard-rocking, booty-shaking, earthquaking, love-making, Viagra-taking, history-making, testifying, death-defying, legendary E Street Band. I don't know, you know, I think you're always going through something, you know. It varies to the degree of intensity, I suppose. I think I hit a spot where I was trying to do something that was just very hard for me. And it's probably for most musicians and writers and artists and filmmakers, people whose main job is done in their imagination, you know, inside their own head in some fashion, that... I think that was a way of dealing with an, a certain element of loneliness, you know, that either was part of who you were or, or the circumstances or whatever. But it's funny, I think that if you lead a life where one of the most fundamental things you do is internal, you can get unaccustomed to people, you know, <laughs> in and around you and making demands on you and being really close in a certain fashion, you know. But there's a lot of things, unless you learn how to live with that, there's a lot of things you can't have, you know. It's difficult to communicate with individuals, you know. It's easy to communicate, you know, at a concert or through a song or something, but that's only a percentage of life, you know. So I was kind of going through a period where I was trying to sort those things out, figuring out just how to learn how to do that in some fashion. You know, I think that's the idea. You're supposed to move on through life and learn how to do things that are difficult for you, you know, by confronting things that you have failed to or hadn't had the courage to confront previously. You know, I think that's what gives life whatever meaning it has. And then making those connections both personally and and on some broader scale is is the other thing that gives it some sense of vitalness and sense of direction and, and meaning. So... Uh, Really, the record was just about the struggle to do those particular things, you know.